Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi everyone and welcome to the May 30th, 2018 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Daniel Yang, who's one of the unaccredited registrars at St. George Hospital. The uh, paper we're looking at now is Percutaneous Mesh Expansion, a Regenerative Wound Closure Alternative. This is by Curry et al. out of both New York and Miami. This was published in the February 2018 PRS. So Daniel, what was this paper about in a nutshell? So Dr. Curry's paper basically addressed the um, reconstruction of full thickness scalp defects, uh, mainly in the elderly population where uh, you have exposed periosteum of the skull and either primary closure or skin grafting is not very feasible um, and it basically offers an alternative to conventional uh, flap repairs where uh, scalp flaps are restricted by the glia aponeurotica which is very strong and tendon-like. Um, they, uh, it's a retrospective review of Dr. Curry's cohort who underwent these, uh, this particular technique uh, over a six-year period yeah, so these were mainly uh, defects. They said they were full thickness uh, calvarial defects, but um, uh, not obviously involving the underlying bone. So they were full thickness scalp, including the pericranium. So they were the kinds of defects that normally would require a flap coverage. <coughs> and these were uh, Mohs resection. Yep. Um, and uh, none, no patients had had prior irradiation. No one had prior irradiation. Uh, that's right. 20 and previous yeah. scalp resection patients. Um, total of 67 defects in 65 patients. It was interesting that the biggest defect addressed in this study was a 7 by 8 centimetres, so quite a large defect. Um, and um, in a nutshell, the surgical technique that they're presenting to us is a percutaneous aponeurotomy um, procedure, uh, all perf performed under tumescent local anaesthetic, uh, where the scalp defect is approximated with tissue clamps and retention sutures to approximate the wound edges as much as possible and then punctures of the, of the scalp is, is performed in the surrounding um, lateral tissues with an 18 gauge hypodermic needle. The needle tip is then oscillated back and forth um, using a needle holder to essentially create two, two millimeter, at least two millimeter nicks in the underlying glia. Um, they said that the, the minimum distance of these, the rows of nicks had to be at least two millimeters apart um, and the degree to which you perform the NICS laterally to the, to the edge of the defect was five times half the defect width, um, which led to approximately about a 20% tissue gain. Um, and then the releases were performed laterally, so di distal to proximal, and eventually the wound edges were approximated and primarily closed with a single layer of 4 nylon sutures. And they didn't do these small nicks within one or two centimetres of the wound edge. Yep. Um, and uh, as you say, there was, there was no undermining or, or galial scoring. It's sort of like a, a closed galial scoring technique. And so what outcome measures did they find? So the primary outcome measure that they were assessing was basically wound healing at the six-week uh, follow-up mark. And the secondary outcomes that they addressed was delayed healing, uh, formation of hematomas and need for secondary procedures. Uh, in terms of the results, they had quite excellent results. All 67 of the scalp defects um, addressed in the study had healed at the six-week mark. Um, Ten of the defects which were 
quite large, larger than five by five centimeters had delayed healing, which they defined as incomplete healing at week two. Um, then three of these 10 were still not healed at week four and underwent further skin grafting under a local anesthetic. Amazingly, no infections and no hematomas were reported in the study. Um, so I think the strength of this, of this technique that the group agreed on is that it's minimally invasive. Um, you have the potential to do it um, under a local anesthetic with minimal discomfort to the patient. Um, inexpensive, all you really need is a, is a hypodermic needle really and some sutures. Um, so in that way, it's a pretty interesting novel technique that they've prevented here, presented here. Um, uh, stu study weaknesses, I guess there was no long-term follow-up where there was any, um, I guess their primary outcome was wound healing, so there was no further data um, gathered after yeah. that. But yeah, I guess it almost gets to be like a, a World War One landing, you know, anyone you can walk away from, it's a healed wound and that's it. <laughs> I, I got the impression um, that certainly the result might not have been, it might not be as aesthetic as say a very nicely designed rotation flap, but certainly in terms of the patient population you're dealing with, you're able to avoid a general anaesthesia or sedation in order to undergo this. There is no requirement, as you said, for any uh, prolonged uh, flap surgery or even the use of uh, uh, some sort of uh, dermal regeneration template, which many of us now use uh, for these full thickness calvarial defects where we burr the outer table and then apply um, Integra or Pelnac or, or something equivalent. Um, this certainly is a very interesting technique and uh, Dr. Curry's group has been responsible for many innovative techniques. It'll yep. be interesting to see if this, uh, this sort of takes off. Yeah, I think it's it's needs to be tailored to the patient population. Yeah. It's, there's, a, it's, there's a population in which this technique would be potentially very useful. In. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.